chaos is everywhere. Everybody, this is Jonathan Gilchrist. I'm just popping in here on our break to tell you about one of the other shows on the Chaos Silver feed. Uh, this week we're talking about Chaos Traveler. This is a monthly to bi-monthly show, depending really on our time to do it, where we basically take a song and break it down line by line. It uh, usually myself and DJ Mehmet, sometimes Artie Vice. There's several episodes already up on the feed. And it's really just about us enjoying and really exploring music and how it makes us feel. Uh, for DJ Madman especially, it's one of his uh, favorite shows to do because he is just a big music fan. So please, check out the uh, next episode of Chaos Traveler or check out the back catalog now available on the same feed. See you soon, everybody. Hey, buddy. Yo. So, um, before we jump into everything, I'm at 1 hour 11.50. Want to match me? That would be easier for you to do it. One second, because which I thought you said. Which one did you say again? Clash of the Champions number nine. Okay, because Great America, the Great. I thought you said you couldn't find the Great American Bash one. Yeah, I went into the Great American Bash and only went back to ninety four. So the their match was in eighty nine. Oh, I I have it. Yeah, I don't know why it's not on mine. I don't know. But. Okay. So, all right, give me one sec. Because I didn't see Clash of the Champions. As yeah, Clash, it's definitely in there. And um, I think this one will be the cooler one to watch because it's an I quit match. So I thought, I'm I don't not... see. I, like, legit, do not, unless it falls under something else eventually for it. Uh, Super Brawl, Uncensored. I went, to, I went down to the bottom and just went to all events, like, for the whole section of WWE and went to Clash of the Champions. It's all alphabetical. Is it big? Maybe it's falling under. All right, one second. Should this... be under WCW, but it's not a pay per view, so it might not be under pay per view. Oh, that's why. Yeah, because Clash of the Champions was their free TBS show. That was, that was the TV... whole. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Let me see here. While you do that, I can. Here he is, Clash of the Champions. All right. Cool. Hey everybody, welcome to Chaos Everywhere. I am your host, Jonathan Gilchrist. That guy over there, he really hates this place. That's Mr. Archivice. Yeah, yeah. Get it, get it. What? If weird shit keeps happening in wrestling, I don't even have to look up Simpsons quotes anymore. I'm just going to be able to randomly talk about whatever the fuck's happening. Uh, uh, so yeah. Okay. One hour. Fun. I'm at one hour eleven fifty. It's season two, episode five of Clash of the Champions. It's number nine. And it should say Ric Flair defends against uh, Terry Funk in an I quit match in the description. One hour eleven? Yep, one eleven fifty. That because I'm watching. Cause that's not I'm seeing Luger and like Oh, one second. Maybe it's one second. There we, I'm Here sorry. That was my fault. Yeah, I'm actually at 120.09. That makes a lot more sense. 
I was paused at the right spot, but the playback hadn't caught up to where I paused it, if that makes sense. Okay. You said 120.09? Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm there. All right. And we can play in three, two, one, play. Okay. Whew. All right. So we're good with that. So um, how many more backstage fights do you think CM Punk has before he's not worth it anymore? Listen, I don't, I don't want to, I hate saying I told you so. I just, I'm definitely not that guy. Uh-huh. However, told you so, motherfucker. God, that feel good. I mean, I hate doing that. I hate it. I hate it. You know, there's going to come a point in time where you have to realize it's not everybody else. Yeah. No, that's fair. No, I mean, that, that's completely <laughs> fair. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so fucking ridiculous, dude. And then I hear people online bitching about how unprofessional AEW was because nobody was there with a the car service. And I'm like, okay, yeah, fine. He, he, I don't think it was done intentionally, but even if it was, he's a fucking grown adult with his own money. It's not the end of the world that he had to find his way to his hotel by himself. Yeah. Like, I, as a broke-ass college student, got stranded three hours from home and three hours from my destination. I figured it the fuck out, and I had no resources. He's a fucking millionaire. You know what? He doesn't need you fanboys jumping to protect him. I don't know. Yeah. He might. I don't know if his, I don't know if his sensitive widow feelings can, can take all that backlash. So he might need those widow fanboys to help him out. Yeah. It's just like I and I thought about it, like if he if he wasn't on that card, if his match was Samoa Joe, I don't think it cha- it might change the number of people that bought tickets by maybe a few thousand, but it's not gonna yeah, change they the quality of that show. They weren't right. there for him versus Joe. No, they weren't. They were and not. Like said, Some people but, probably were, but not many. Yeah. I would have, like I said, I think it might have changed the ticket sales of the whole event by a few thousand. Maybe it doesn't break the record of all time, but it doesn't not like be a packed house. Exactly. And, yeah, it's just I don't know. And at this point, like if I have to put my money into Punk or Jack Perry, I'm putting my money into Jack Perry, who can be a like, marquee. I'm not player. gonna lie. Now that I know what that whole like him knocking on the windshield and saying real glass was all about, mm-hmm. that makes me have so much more respect for him. I like, I mean, I always I've liked Jack Perry for a while. Don't get me right. wrong, but like now knowing what that was all about, that makes me so much happier. Yeah, no, I like I knew about the fight, and when at first like the first like disagreement, I was like, okay, I kind of get it, but at the same time, Jack Perry is a professional adult if he wants to use glass in a match with all the crazy shit that John Moxley does on a weekly basis. Yeah, but that's John Moxley, okay? He's earned my respect. Unlike right. you, you little pipsqueak. Right. And then, yeah, it's, God, it's, that pisses me off. And apparently, I, this one's not confirmed, but apparently he also got into a fight with Miro, or at least an altercation. Really? Yeah, like after... Okay, so this is still very much a rumor, but this that's is what surprising. I heard reported. So he... He gets into the altercation with Jack Perry. Security's leading him back to his locker room. Yeah. And Miro comes up to ask him, like, hey, what happened with Jack? And Punk asks, like, gets in Miro's face and says, you want to take this outside? Like, Really? 
that's the report. I don't that one's not nearly as like confirmed. That can be complete rumor. But like with all of the other shit and this being the second time. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me at all. But like so, Jesus, dude. I don't know. I'm just yeah, I don't fucking yeah, know. What that's the guy is. Tony Khan decided to fucking build a show around. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna hundred percent blame by the way, I love the difference of Terry Funk coming out with cowboys and reflectors <laughs> for like women. <laughs> um I'm not gonna hundred percent blame Tony Khan because I have a feeling that, that was a lot of Warner Brothers like, hey, if we're gonna give you this show, you wanna you know build it around our year <laughs> yeah. star. But I, I, I don't I don't I don't doubt it. You know, at the same time it's like, well, at a certain point we have to stop this because it's not it's not good for your culture and no one yep. person should be you know even Especially like, when you have so many veterans in that locker room that genuinely care and genuinely want to like help out and like build this thing up right like for yeah. example like danielson and moxley just to name two like, i'm not even yeah instinct i'm like i'm not even gonna bring up like kenny omega and the young bucks like take them completely out of it i'm talking right. about like Guys who are quote unquote ex WWE guys who you wouldn't you wouldn't like think of them like that you know what I mean, but that's what they are like Mo- like guys like Moxley, Moxley and Danielson are genuinely there to like build this company, right? Yeah, and then no, you got I... a piece of shit like CM Punk. Yeah, who's just yeah, like, no good. It's okay. like he just wants to he he's literally pulling a Hogan and he knows it like he's literally just trying to suck everything he can out and get whatever money he can. Yeah. No, like I said, I I was willing to like because I can see the upside if he would have reformed. But if this is the second time in like two years that he's pulling this shit. And this is just and- AEW. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. I like even... you can't. You're you're completely like we're 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 not even like talking about the WWE years, where yeah. especially now we know, knowing how he is now, we know he is he was definitely no angel. Right. Yeah. No, it's it it sucks. <clears throat> but like, he's a piece of shit. Yeah, it is what it is, and like. He doesn't need like. I think the frustrating thing about it is, is that Jesus people. Fuck, Terry. Oh, Jesus Christ, Terry. Terry's about tech fan in a Batman shirt. You see how that guy in the red is like, "Oh, can we give me Terry?" But he definitely did yeah. not take a step forward. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, really quick. Just what I was gonna say was just that yeah, a guy like wrestlers are like a wrestler doesn't have to be a good person. You know what I mean? Right. Like people like people suck. That is there. It is what it is. No one's perfect. People suck. It's so like CM Punk can be a piece of shit. It's just right. the fact that he's not an adult piece of shit. Right. That's the problem I have because he's not an adult piece of shit. Yeah. No. An he's... adult piece of shit will still <clears throat> like he can be a douchebag, but still like work with others. You know what I mean? Right. There's plenty of wrestlers in the history of wrestling where people have been like, "Yeah, no, he was a bit of a prick." 
but they were still able to work with them. With work with. Them. Yeah. Yeah. And I, CM I Punk's just not like that. I'm interested to know what the details are because, like, the the way it's being reported is like, or at least who I've heard, some people have been saying like it was Jack Perry that like got into his face when he got back, and I'm like, that, that really doesn't make sense because the whole instigating thing was him hitting the windshield and who's yeah. more likely to be, you know, pissy after that fact, like Jack right. Perry, I think did what he wanted to do as far as like get back at punk, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. Like I, I we'll see what happens. It sucks. Cause it, it, it's the second year in the row that he's fucking taking the spotlight away from a really great event. Yep. Like honestly, and he doesn't really say much about it because I think he he is better, more of a professional. I would be as really pissed if I was MJF because this is the second year in a row. Your no, moment no, no. is kind of overshadowed by seeing Punk being a dick. Yep. No, that's the thing though. MJF is more is more of a professional. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah. So m- moving on past that, if because I didn't say what we were doing, this is our um, <laughs> this is our. Uh, tribute show to both Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt. We're watching right now oh. Terry Funk and Ric Flair and an I Quit match. If you haven't figured that out, you hit play with us. And um, I don't know which Bray Wyatt match we we're going to do because I've seen so many of them. Like, oh, I forgot about the Infernal match against Kane and all this other stuff. I don't want to um, sound like I don't care, but just pick anything. I don't like I'm yeah. <laughs> I just want to do it. <laughs> I got you. If this um, was like if this was Sunday, I would be far more willing to like talk it out. But Unfortunately, I did. Yeah, I just I didn't have internet all Sunday. Like it literally came back at one a.m. in the morning, so I had no way of doing this on Sunday. Um, and then yesterday just wasn't a good day. So, uh, but um, yeah, like we'll just we'll figure it out. Uh, yeah. What we'll probably do is after this match, we'll take a pause, and I think it'll just come down to whatever. I'll go in and I'll see whatever's easiest to access real quick, mm-hmm. and then I'll shoot you the thing and then we can tell everybody what to go to and hit the play button and such. Sounds good. By the way, this is like meaningless. Yeah, that's fair. It's an I quit match. That makes complete sense. This is the best shape I've ever seen Terry Funk in, but this is also (laughs) a Terry Funk match I've ever watched. Yeah. Oh, But yeah, um, I I am looking forward. I still haven't watched Emergence. I have to do that again because my internet was down. Still haven't sat down done that yet. But uh, I am looking forward to next week talking about All In in detail. It was a great show. Highly recommend if you didn't see it. I'm a little bummed because I guess I missed some stuff at the beginning because I missed the first like 10 minutes because I had to update the Bleacher Report app. Ah. So, I at least got to see the matches, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah, hey, give him the microphone. Give him the microphone. Oh, no, it's the one with the cord. <laughs> I love my clip matches because they never hold the microphone yeah. like in a way that it should work. <clears throat> Like here, deep throat this microphone. <laughs> you heard it. He said it. He said it. 
So, did you hear that they've also announced another match for All In? Or All Out, I should say. Uh, Moxley and Darby? Or Mar Moxley and Orange Cassidy. Either Orange Cassidy or Penta, because they're going to have a match on uh, Dynamite. It's going to be Orange Cassidy. Yeah, obviously. but And then Orange Cassidy is going to lose to Moxley. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Like, I mean, at this point, they've been doing this injury angle so long, maybe he finds a way, but I just... I hope not. Like, I think you know. this is the perfect time. Yeah. Uh, I would like to see Moxley with a title that's not the world title also. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, they have so much work to do and like three shows to do it in. Because yep. so far, I think they're only up to like, what, three or four matches and they need at least like eight, four. I would assume. Yeah. So like half the show needs to be booked between Dynamite, Rampage, and Collision. Yep. I can't imagine the buy numbers are going to be good because of the yeah. money people just put on all in. I would imagine so too. Yeah, doesn't matter. People are going to shit on it no matter what. Did you see? Uh, there were some people that like put out pictures of, like, "Oh my god, this isn't even like possibly eighty thousand people," and showed a bunch of empty seats. It's like, yeah, no, clearly that was before the show even started because it like the pre-show. Yeah, there was still a lot of empty seats. Yeah, but by the time it started, there was a full fucking house. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. Never going to get everybody on board. No, absolutely not. I actually wonder. They, they're calling it the biggest like paid attendance because WWE famously way over... Because if you believe WWE stats, like they've had 102,000, but the joke's always been that includes like the hot dog sellers. Right. Every soul in the building. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't know what their actual sales numbers are, because if I were AEW, I would just have said it, even if it's not true, right? Because if WWE can do it, I can fucking do it. So, oh, absolutely, especially since you know they're never going to actually like WWE will never actually like re release what the actual numbers are. Yeah, I'm actually surprised Flair's not bleeding yet. This is this is unprecedented yeah? for me. We are in, this, we are in unknown waters. We're this far into an I quit match in at best the late eighties, probably early nineties, and Flair is not bleeding. I like honestly, I was shocked after ten seconds. So getting into the sort of uh point of this match, have you heard some of the uh, shit online about people saying that they didn't do enough to honor Terry Funk on the SmackDown where they were doing both Funk and Wyatt. Oh, really? Yeah. At least in the corners of the wrestling internet that I'm on, a lot of people were like, no, you know, it was a great thing, but they really didn't do enough to honor Funk. And I was like, I, I agree with like what a lot of other people said, where it's like, I don't think they would have done anything like they did for Funk if he hadn't died the day before Bray Wyatt. Right. Like, 
it, they would have done the card and they would have, you know, said, we're doing this for Terry Funk. Maybe yeah. they would have had Cody come out and like do a match, but I doubt it. I doubt it. It, it was literally just like, if we're going to put this much on Bray Wyatt, then we have to acknowledge that somebody else died too. Yeah. And by the way, that makes perfect fucking sense because as much as I love Terry Funk, he was a pretty old man who had had health problems. It yeah. was not a surprise that he passed away. Well, Ray Wyatt was like two years older than I am, which I hope is a tragedy. Yeah. Like, um, if it's not, please let me know and I'll just go ahead and not be, you know, a genuine person anymore and just start mm-hmm. planning my funeral. Yep. I've also, um, I'm just weighing in the social media stuff because as I've said before, I don't leave comments. I use this as my platform. Some people apparently are out there looking for clues that less than a week after his brother died, that uh, Bo Dallas is going to be showing up as Uncle Howdy to try and resurrect the Wyatt family. Huh? Yeah. So there was a clip from Raw of, um, I, I don't know who it was. There's two people doing a fucking segment in the back. It doesn't really matter who they were, but in the background, they had a couple Uncle, Uncle Howdy t-shirts like just ton up and obviously they did it just to like, you know, Hey, Bray is still here kind yeah, of thing. Obviously but like uh, some internet, you know, smarks were like, Oh, they're, they're uh, saying that uncle Howdy's coming back. No, Cause not. yeah, no, there are people out there that were saying it like, this is, this is them signaling that they're going to, and like, I wouldn't even be opposed to that idea, but his, brother just died not not a character his fucking real life brother yeah. just died at best i would assume they're gonna it'll be a year before he anybody even thinks of that like yeah exactly just not even out of just respect for why just to heal as a fucking family you know like it's just, <laughs> i would assume the conversation if that was even a conversation that ever took place within the past few days I would assume that it would go something along the lines of this. Listen, Bo, we we understand. We're so sorry about this horrible tragedy. Just throwing it out there, though. How crazy would it be if you came in as Uncle Howdy and and before that sentence even finished, Bo Dallas would be like, you realize you're a horrible human being, right? You're a disgusting oh, yeah. piece of shit. We're done talking, right? You realize that? Okay, good. Bye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah I saw my soul years ago. But really, listen to this here. Um... And that's if he didn't just fucking deck whoever it was in the face first. Yeah. No, it's just like when I heard that, I was like, I'm a wrestling fan too. I've had thoughts like that. Not in this situation when someone's actually died. No, yours is more along the lines of, no, that fight wasn't real. I was hope like, dude, I was hoping. (laughs) Oh, I, cause honestly, again, maybe punk and Jack Perry. They just, they were just, it's all just a work. I don't. Okay. I don't think it was a work, but I was hoping because it's brilliant booking. If it had been a work, but it's like, no, no, it was just punk being a shit again and not being willing to fucking put his ego aside to make money. Cause I'm telling you this, they're just, it's just, Oh Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, back ride. <laughs> oh, Whoa. By the way, this is you know this is a Terry Funk hardcore match because there's a table involved. Yep. Ugh. 
I know they didn't have to fucking say it in the st- stadium stampede was a fucking Terry Funk uh, goddamn match for the ages. Like the moment John Moxley had skewers sticking out of his head. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is what Terry dude. would want. Oh, what a match. Uh, that, was, that was a fun match to watch. I have to admit, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen the skewers spot before. I'm sure it's been done a lot. I've just never seen it. It has. Yeah, it's been done a lot, but. But I'm not like a deaf match aficionado, I so I don't know a lot of the. I was gonna say, newer stuff. has done it a few times at this point. Yeah, and that's not the first time he's done that. Just in case you were wondering. I would imagine not. It seems like a him idea. Yeah. And it it does make a really cool effect, if very uncomfortable to look at. Oh, absolutely. By the way, did you see? Um, again, we're going to talk more in detail, but while it's in my head, did you see uh, uh, when Orange Cassidy came out, they had like, you know, his normal, you know, pictures and stuff on the Titan Tron or whatever the fuck they call for AEW. Yeah. But one of them was him and the best friends and Orange Cassidy holding Wheeler Yuta's severed head. Oh, really? I did not notice that. Yeah. Like it was like a stick figure drawing, like with Cassidy and all them named and it had Yuta next to wheel you just head. That's <laughs> awesome. Also, Eddie Kingston did not uh, do what he said he was going to do. He did not save Claudio for last. He basically only attacked Claudio. Yeah. But... Also, also, that might have been the biggest win specifically for the best friends in their like careers. Yeah. At the very no, that... least, undoubtedly in their AEW careers. Yeah. No, that's that is fair. Like that was like because that was one um like we'll go over our results, but that was when we both got wrong. We were both betting yep. on the Blackpool Combat Club. And um I'm happy for like I'm happy to be wrong on that one to be honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's an I quit match and Ric Flair's got the figure four. But it is weird like, to think of Terry yeah. Funk saying I quit. Right. And I don't know if in 89 they, they'll do the pass out spot. You know what I mean? No, definitely not. Yeah. wonder if this is after Turner said no more blood because it just feels like. Oh, maybe. Been blood. Yeah. It's that might be before, it. Yeah, it might have been before Bill Watts, but they might have stopped the blood already. Because I like I don't know how far in the like I know the match is about twenty five minutes long or so, so yeah. we got to be even close to the end. So I'm assuming that it, yep. it, this will just be a rare no blood for Ric Flair. Hmm. Now, what you want to do, Rick, is get on the the bottom rope to do a deadlift there. I just remembered something, but I can't remember the details. I remembered hearing a new Hulk Hogan lie, but there's so many of them, I can't remember which one it was that I heard. One of my favorites, which I already knew. Um, Did you know that in right after WrestleMania 2, which would have been in 1986, that Hulk Hogan party with John Belushi? Do you know why? Do you know why that's a lie? 
Belushi was dead already. Yep, he died yeah. in '82. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to see if you knew why that was a lie. Like you knew it was a lie because Hogan was speaking. Yeah. And um, no, I'm I. Listen, I I I know my Saturday Night Live facts. Okay. <laughs> that's that's one I did not know about you. Like I like I know a few things, but I'm not like a huge Saturday Night Live person. I mean, I'm so. not I'm not gonna pretend like I'm a huge Saturday Night Live person. But I, I know a decent amount, I would say. Yeah. I do love Saturday Night Live. I mean, I do too. I just, I don't Especially know. the old stuff. Oh, you know what the lie was? You know what? I just remember what it was. What? It was that Hogan made The Rock at that WrestleMania match. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like Rock he passed the a huge tor- star? Nope. He passed the, the torch and made point. The Rock. Yep. It wasn't called Icon versus Icon or nothing. Absolutely like, not. He needed that Hogan rub. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God, he said it. Oh, no, it must have been a recording. Like, uh, yeah. Mankind. Oh. oh, Gary Hart is pissed. I mean, would you be? Come on. Come on, Terry. That's Bush League. Bush you League. fight him then. What's Terry going to say? JK, I had my fingers crossed. <laughs> I want to promise I'm... Oh, okay. That's actually nice. It would be an honor. Sorry. It would. <laughs> Oh, that's honestly like, I don't hate ring of honor for the code of honor, but stuff like that is why the code of honor sometimes like can cheap at moments like that. Oh shit. Oh yeah. This is just around the time where, um, I think if I remember correctly, cause yeah, this was when Jim Ross was really in, in deep. Yeah. This is when Jim Ross was um, pu- pushing the Muda as like the world champ and had some racist assholes saying, no, he's Japanese. He couldn't be our world champ. Yeah. Like, obviously. What kind of Japanese person? It stings. Sorry. By the way, did you laugh as much as I did with uh, Scalibur going, it's Sue. <laughs> Dude, I made me so happy. Don't do it, Stain. You can't trust Flair. I mean, this is a much earlier Stain, so you don't know all the lessons yet. But... <laughs> What's Lex Luger doing here? Um, Jesus trying to get a Christ. chair from a, a fan that wouldn't give him yeah, a fucking chair. Fuck? Yeah, this is Luger. Like, I don't know a lot about eighty nine WCW because it doesn't have a weekly show to follow. But this is right. Luger heel. Um, I think this is right before like Stain's going to take the title from Flair, but he mm-hmm. blows out his knee and then like they have to instantly switch and make Luger a face, even though he's just starting to get over as a heel uh, so that he could fight Flair, basically. 
I think. I, I might be mixing up my years, but all right. Because Blair seems like a face at this point. Yeah, at least in this situation. All right. Um, yeah, I think that's we watched enough people get their shit kicked out, so we can stop here. Yeah. Um, well, I'll pull up a Bray Wyatt match, and I'll let you know, and then when we come back, I'll tell everybody what to go to, and we'll start it up again. All right. All right, we'll see you soon. Hey, everybody, it's Jonathan Gilchrist. I'm here to tell you about another podcast in the Chaos Family Podcast. This time we're doing Chaos on Inside. Chaos of Ringside is a every-other-week discussion of current wrestling events. We cover mostly AEW and ROH, at least those are our deep dives, but if there's big news in the world of wrestling, whether it be WWE, AAA, New Japan, or Impact, we will cover it and we'll give you our opinion. We also do prediction shows for major pay-per-view events. So come and join us and uh, we'll tell you all about the wonderful weird world of wrestling. See you soon, everybody. Hey, buddy. Sir. All right. So um, the match we got inside on was Elimination Chamber 2014, The Shield versus the Wyatt family. And um, I'm at 5726. I just oh, wow. fast forwarded. Okay. Give me one second. This is after The Shield's already entered. I just figured, man, what the fuck? Oh, okay. 5726. Yeah. I wouldn't mind watching the entrances, but at the same time, we want to move it yeah, along. Yeah, yeah. Such. Absolutely. 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26. Okay. All right. So, yeah, if you need, if you guys need to pause right here, I'll give you a second so you can get to that point. All right. And now we're going to hit play in three, two, one. Look at me thinking of the audience. Aw. By the way, do you notice that uh, John Moxley, because I won't use his uh, dirty B name, um, isn't wearing his tactical vest? Yeah. It's because he's a lunatic fringe. He doesn't do what people tell him to do. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. I like I uh, sent DJ Madman because he... Like, once he found out it was Bray that had passed, like, he asked me to just send him a bunch of shit. So I just sent him a bunch of, like, the Wyatt family stuff from NXT. And just, like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, I forgot how this was. Yeah. That, see, that's, oh, man, the old, like, like, the old Wyatt family stuff was just so good. Yeah. Like, no, the fact a- that it, like, didn't, I don't know. It got over big. It's just it never it it had the potential to be like fucking change the industry big and it just yeah. seemed like there was always somebody who I can't believe I can't think of who it would be was holding it back. Yeah, I can't imagine who it would have been. By the way, I didn't remember Maybe this someone team. who was like, I don't know, keeping other things a little hush hush with a lot of money. Maybe a similar type of guy. I don't know. Tony Khan. Yeah, totally. God, um, the amount of fucking talent in this in these two factions. And Eric Rowan was there. I was gonna make the joke, which seemed mean. <laughs> Cause he tried his best, but yes. Oh yeah, absolutely he, he did. Oh. 
I also yeah. didn't think he was bad like back then. No, I honestly like there was nothing that anybody did except for maybe the fucking spider gimmick. But even that, he yeah. he tried his best. But like, I was a huge fan of the Bludgeon Brothers. I thought yeah. that, that had potential to be like a fucking tag team of the decade, uh, and then it just sort of went away because fuck tag team wrestling. Right. That being yeah. said, oh man. Oh, this just oh, just seeing this again just brings back so many memories and just chills. Yeah. Did you um? But I was about to say I I completely forgot this, which is weird that I forgot this fact. Do you know where the rocking chair came from? No. So Bray actually did that as a homage to McFoley in oh, really? two thousand or before his match with Randy Orton. He did a promo in a rocking chair, and Bray liked it so much that he fucking incorporated the rocking chair and went to Mick and said, Hey Mick, I'm doing this for you. Is that cool? And like, I just saw Mick write an article about like, yeah, absolutely. That's cool. Can we just like, listen to the fan reaction, by the way, of what's happening right now? I mean, I can't be of the sound on. Dude, are the fans back? are nuts over this. Like oh. no joke. Nuts. Like legit. Shield Wyatt family like uh chance going on. Oh like a like legit Wyatt family, let's go shield. Like like yeah. crazy cr- crazy fan reactions. It's not even like that I wouldn't be the main event because there's a world title match, but it's not even in the top upper part of the card, which is crazy. Like it's yeah. literally I sorry, it's let's by... go Wyatt's let's go shield. Yeah. But like, oh, it's like, oh, just remembering how over this was. Yeah. Oh, fucking sucks. I, um, yeah, one of the things about. I just no. I was just thinking like how much I would have loved to see. Like it's just it's sucky to like think about now because they are gone. Mm-hmm. But like the ideas of just the way Moxley is right now, and just the possibilities of like, like if Wyatt, for example, had ever gone to like AEW instead, yeah, instead of returning to the WWE. And just like the possibilities of seeing feuds with like Moxley and like Wyatt, for example, we never really got to see Moxley and like Brody Lee. Yeah. Like, no, just, uh, uh, yeah. No, we like if you go back to the archives of the show, I was dream booking Wyatt coming in after uh, Brody's passing, especially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just mm. and to think, like, and to have, have no idea. Just like such, oh man, it's just really sad. And honestly, one of the things that bums me out a little bit is that the his last match was the pitch black match. Yeah. I'm going back and forth on it because, like, on the one hand, it was a corporate like fucking cash grab because it was yep. Mountain Dew sponsored. On the other hand, it was not so even out literally there. that great of a soda flavor. Honestly, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't like great. 
But on the other hand, like he was so weird that I know Bray like put his stamp on it. So at least yeah. he went out doing something that had his creativity in it. Exactly. I just I don't know. Just way too soon. There's too much left to be done. Mm-hmm. But I do I do completely agree with uh, stuff I've seen. Like he should be um, on the fucking like the main balloter for the Hall of Fame next year. Like, yeah. No, I don't think there's any doubts about that. I agree, but, but I'm afraid the I was WWE say, might not agree. That's fair. I was going to say, um, one of the things that I heard that I don't know if it has been confirmed, but I, but it was like reported a lot, is that Roman was at uh, SmackDown, even though he wasn't like on TV. Mm-hmm. And he uh, came to retire permanently the uh, Blue Universal Championship and give it to Wyatt's family. Ah. Yeah. Which, small gesture. Yeah. It's going to be, not to be bummed out, but it, it's just a weird fact that just popped in my head. It's going to be so weird for his children because they're so young. They're not going to remember their dad, and they're probably the best way they're going to get to know him is through yeah. like, the work that he left behind. So it's such a weird concept. I mean, I mean it's, but, it's sad, but they're not the only ones who are going to have to... They're not the only ones who had to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. I mean, Brody left behind a younger kid, too. It's going to be in the same fucking boat. Mm-hmm. Can I just say fuck COVID, by the way? Fuck it right in the ass. I mean, it's a disease that doesn't have an ass. We'll find an ass. We will make an ass for COVID. Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I get it. But, like, it, it, it like it's unfortunate, but, you know. Like if like yeah, fuck yeah. the plague. Jesus, Seth. Man, the Shield were good. They were they were a good unit. It's crazy. It's almost like they have like three like of the greatest professional wrestlers in the history of professional wrestling all in one faction. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, neither do I. I mean, the wife I mean, is two that. of them make sense. Obviously, Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins, but the third guy, I mean, he was... He didn't really do all that much in WWE, so... And then he just I mean, retired, for all we know. You say that, but he's a, he's a fucking former WWE champion. Like, <laughs> Yeah. It, it's true that his career, if he just had WWE, wouldn't be that memorable but he was still a fucking dirty champion yeah oh you know what's kind of cool is like even watching moxley at or ambrose moxley whatever the fuck you want to say at this point i'm gonna keep calling moxley but go ahead what like even seeing Moxley in this younger version, you can still see like, like I don't know how to explain it, but like you can still see some of the like fucking, just like the way he wrestles. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
just like the physicality of it like even in this wwe style yeah no you can still see the the glimpses of who he really is basically yeah also i remember specifically around this time like with like the wyatts and the shield being like oh oh wwe is back this is good this is some of the greatest stuff i've ever seen yeah just like re-watching it now it's just now i'm i'm remembering just how like how just how ready i was for this to become the norm wwe so a couple other facts that i've learned over this last week that i want to one that doesn't have anything to do with this but i want to put it in here because i'm not going to remember by the time we get to chaos ringside um is that did you know that the kangaroo kick by mjf is actually a homage to a wrestling legend oh really i did not yeah um i forget the guy's name because i'm horrible with names even though i'm supposed to be good at history um it was a guy in the early, like, I would assume 50s because it was black and white, who was a Jewish wrestler who invented the drop kick. It might have been in the 20s even, but he invented oh. the drop kick after going to Australia and seeing oh, yeah. Ken Woods. So the whole joke was, um, you know, I'm Jeff paying homage to that Jewish wrestler. That's cool. Yeah. The other thing that I learned is did you know the Wyatt family originally, like, NXT days before NXT days was supposed to have two other members. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And the two members were going to be uh, Victor from the uh, fucking uh, what the hell's the name of it? The Ascension. Ascension. Yeah. And the other member was going to be Summer Rae. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but actually, like, um, I apparently like Summer Rae. She wrote a really nice thing with like. Yeah, Bray believed in me before I even believed in myself. Like, he gave me all this stuff to look at to, like, prepare for the group, and he mm-hmm. really wanted me to be a part of this. It was only, like, afterwards that, like, management's like, no, nah, you have to have three members, I guess. It would have been interesting to see, like, how that would have worked. It Like, it could have been a very proto-Julia Hart and House of Black type of thing. Kind of, yeah. Oh, that's swinging neckbreaker. I just, man, I, it really, man, it's really sad to just, to really know much more this could have been. Yeah. If WWE had really just fucking ran with it. Like, they could have had, like, they could have run both shows for a year, just the Shield running SmackDown and fucking the White Family running Raw or whatever, vice versa, and then, like, built it all up into, like, a huge, like, who runs the whole company type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Having one faction dominate on one show, one faction dominating on the other. Yeah. And then, like, there's all the forgotten stuff that, like, doesn't get talked about. Like, there's the fucking part of the Wyatt family history where Orton's part of the Wyatt family, which I don't think gets as much love as it should, because it was really good at the time. Yeah, at the time. But I will also say that genuinely, like, this is my, like, this is my Wyatt family. Mm -hmm. You see, you didn't like it when they added the black sheep? Not really, man. Even at that point, I was like, oh, it's kind of losing it for me. 
Like this. This is what my, I don't know. Like, this is what I wanted. Like, Jesus. Like, yeah. the amount of, like, oh, man. No offense to Eric Rowan. But <laughs> just, like, the the five other guys. Uh-huh. Just, like, thinking about it. Like, really, really thinking about it. You have, within these two factions, in their, like, what not prime, obviously, but, like, when they're really just getting going. Right. You, you've got Bray Wyatt, Brody Lee. John Moxley, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins. Like, yeah. holy shit. Like, you yeah. have your future in the company, and you just don't know what to do with it. Clearly. Because yeah. you didn't do right by three of the five guys. Yeah. I don't... Like, Wyatt yeah. never left, but you still didn't do right by him. No. And I, I think Wyatt was always going to be on that hard road just because like he was so different yeah. that it's just Vince doesn't know how to really handle different. Yeah, I know. Like there just, there's a reason that mankind didn't get over until he became a comedy gimmick. The crowd is still yeah. so into this. Yeah. Like, I know you're not here. I know you can't hear it, but like, uh -huh. holy shit. Like just every once in like, it'll die down for like a little bit watching the match. But uh -huh. then every then every time like something just a little bit happens, all of a sudden it's just let's go Wyatt's, let's go Shield, and it's just crazy loud. Yeah, like they are. God, this was so over. Now they want tables, but that's beside the point. Well, we always want tables. We always want tables. That's how you make it hardcore matches. There's tables involved. God damn, this is so like, uh. I'm not going to lie, actually watching this match is actually kind of like genuinely making me sad now. Uh, I, it wasn't going to be pleasant anyway you looked at But um, by the way, in case Jesus, somebody... what a slap. In case somebody's listening to this and doesn't know why I keep making the joke about tables, um, if you watch the SmackDown, which I actually did for the first time in years, uh, the hardcore match that was supposed to honor Terry Funk was literally just a tornado tag match and the only spot of hardcore was they brought in one table to be the finish. And that's it. Like that, that was the whole hardcore Terry Funk match. And even watching that, I quit match with no blood. There was more hardcore action yeah. than was in that match. God, he's so fucking good. Like, Brody had such a great way of making, like, he made Wyatt's character better just because he looked like he was constantly hypnotized by Wyatt. Yeah. Like, Eric Rowan kind of just looks like almost um, a monster, like an unthinking monster most of the time, which is yep. fine. Which is fine. But Brody looks like <laughs> just he's under a spell. Yeah. Oh my god, what is oh just again speaking about stuff that like people are doing honor. Did you see what uh Seth Rollins did to honor Bray Wyatt like nope. this last week on Raw? 
So he um he got uh, new side plates for his world title that have the fiend's face on them. Oh really? Yeah. That's cool. Oh yeah, Jesus. No. God damn. He has one of the best big boots of like anybody of his I will also say just like the physicality in this match is just something you just don't see in the WWE. No. Like this was just rare. Like what these two what these two groups were willing to like do and what they were allowed to do just is just not really something you see in the WWE. Yeah, that's that's uh, a part uh, of the reason why when I was watching this, I was like, oh, we're I like that. It was the only real time in the WWE. I was starting to genuinely feel like we might see something different. Yeah. Now, for me, as like most things, it was always the like the matches were great. But what really always got me was the character work. And there had literally not been since Mankind in 1996, a new character that really like captured what I love about like the potential of wrestling characters, basically. Yeah. You know, I think that might be why like the Wyatt family and especially like I, so I personally think like early Bray Wyatt was still my favorite, even though the fiend was awesome. Early yeah. Bray Wyatt was still my personal favorite. And like, I think a part of why he was so great when you really think about it, is mm -hmm. that we both? Oh, that was. Ah, uh, I still love that apron, like side drop kick. Yeah, you like the drive by. Yeah, the drive by. Whatever. Like the reason why I think he was so great when you really think about it is because, like, you and I focus on, even though we both appreciate all of like wrestling, mm -hmm. I think you and I focus on very, very different things even yeah. though we appreciate all of it. Like you are very, very much more into character work, even though I am too, but you're like, you are way, way It's like the main it. thing that I'm watching for, right? Right. And my main thing is always like ma match quality. Right. And but yeah, and why he did both. Yeah. Which we don't usually get. And you can also like, for everybody Jesus. that like talks, Jesus Christ, for everybody that like talks about how great Jericho is for reinventing himself, and he is, let's not, look over the fact that how quickly Bray Wyatt was able to go from this character to the fiend, which yeah. fiend slash firefly Funhouse, which are completely different ideas. And like, yeah, he just, that's amazing in such a short time. It was like literally less than five years, right? Like this is 2014. It was yeah. before 2019. He was the fiend. Something now, like what that. are you, whether you believe he should have had to change that quickly is another matter entirely, but the fact that he could is yeah. just fucking ridiculous. By the way, I'm going to put this out there. I don't know when we're going to do it, but I did mention this before. There will be more like Bray Wyatt's like um, tribute podcast coming up at some point. DJ Madman and myself are going to sit down and do a whole tribute podcast um, it'll be a watch along. Uh, well, we're going to do a discussion of the Firefly Funhouse segments because those would be hard to watch along. So oh, we're going to watch like, I think it comes out to like almost an hour of stuff when you put all the segments together. And then we're going to discuss those and then watch SummerSlam Fiend debut and the Firefly Funhouse match, which is why I didn't pick either of those matches for this. And then you said you wanted a Shield versus Wyatt family match. So that's why we ended up here. 
which and I'm not I'm mad so at the decision. Happy. I'm so happy I spoke up. Yeah. God, I no, forgot like, how, I really truly forgot how how great it was. Yeah. The other match that I suggest people go looking at, because I just saw clips, but it reminded me how good it was, but it's a little harder to find. Just look up the random SmackDown match that Luke Harper had with Bray Wyatt. And just like, just the clips I saw, I was like, oh my God, I forgot how good this was for just a fucking free television match. Cool. Yeah. Roman, also, like, this was Roman Reigns before everyone started hating him. Yeah. Like, when he was still, like, I think this is going to sound bad. And I don't mean it to, but it's just the way it is. Like, this is like Roman Reigns when he still has to, like, put forth, like, the most amount of effort. Right. Which is awesome. Because, like, Roman yeah. Reigns, when he does put forth a lot of effort, is just, and so much yeah. better than anyone wants to give him credit for in terms of actual wrestling. Yeah. No, that's that's completely fair. But the thing is, he just doesn't, in terms of actual, like, match work, he doesn't have to put forth really any effort anymore. Right. So, but yeah. like during this early time, he did still. I mean, he can still have good matches, but you're right. Like, his, he doesn't have to do nearly as much as he used to right. to like get to the finish line. Which, honestly, for longevity's sake, is probably where you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same Speaking time, of- you don't have to, you don't, I don't know, you, you don't have to be the most boring wrestler of all time to have a long career. You know what I mean? Right. Seth Rollins has had a perfectly long career so far, and he has been far more exciting without having to like do anything crazy. Right. Well, anymore. <laughs> As he gets double my, choke stones. Yeah, well, I got kind you. of my point is like when you look at Seth Rollins now, he doesn't really do anything like too crazy anymore, but he still has a like perfectly long career. Right. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. Did you see that uh, John Cena's like coming back to the WWE for like a while? Oh, really? They've um, yeah, they've booked. They've already like announced him for I think it was like seven or eight weeks, like maybe more, maybe more like three months. Oh, I guess that makes sense because like the writers' strikes still going on, so like movies are kind of yeah, yeah. Which so... I'm... again, this sense. is just more. Things I saw online, people being like, um, way pessimistic, like, oh, yeah, he needs it, like, he just needs the money. I'm like, no, he, he doesn't I, need the money, exactly. But... I think he genuinely loves wrestling and he likes to work. And this is like I... a, a chance that he won't get again where he can do this and not have to worry about the conflict with trying to do movies and shit. I mean, I'm not that like positive, I'm a little less positive than that, but my point is more of like, this is. He's just found himself with free time and he needs right. to like this is the best way he can think of to like basically take up that free time. It's right. not necessarily like, oh man, I'm I missed this so much. I'm so happy to be back. It's more of, yeah, I mean, I've got some free time. I do want my face to still be out there in the public, so I might as well do this. Yeah, I'm not as cynical as you about him. I just I know, I know he's not, not a, but I just <laughs> He's been a fan his whole life. I think he really does love it. I think it's just that he wanted to do other things. And when you do, especially Hollywood, it just puts more limitations on you. Yeah. I'm not, saying not. I'm not saying he doesn't enjoy it or 
yeah, I'm not really saying he doesn't necessarily enjoy it. I'm saying it's he's also very, very self-centered and loves to have attention on himself. Right. So he also does want like to be out in public. But I'm right. also saying that this is like the best way for him to do it. And he knows like, that. Great orange punch there by Roman Reigns. Oh, orange punches are great. Yeah, this was really this was like right when this was when Roman Reigns was really starting to like like show up as like the standout from the three, even though they're all and everything. Yeah, this is when Vince is just starting to edge himself, not go yeah, to completion, exactly. but just That's, edge himself to Roman. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that fucking crossbody was always so I sick. Know. Really? Yeah. Uh, Why Roman Reigns getting pinned? That, that is a thing that we've not seen in years and years. <laughs> Literally. Well, oh. except for Jey Uso did it or whatever. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Up until Jey Uso. Yeah. He doesn't count. He's family. I'm like honestly, I didn't remember. I don't remember what they were doing at the time. Oh, I guess was this when they were building to this first Cena match? Maybe. Like it might have been. I I don't remember which WrestleMania it was at that he. Uh, it might have been thirty because that's what they're coming up to. Yeah. But um. Oh, but yeah, I know. No. This had to. This oh man, this should have been. This should have been like a year long feud. Yeah. No, like I said, that they should have been running each brand and then met up at like Survivor Series or something for a Yeah. Which... Oh my god, the power. Power of the bloodline. Uh never had but a Samoan. I mean that probably I guess that's still technically true. I was going to say, yeah, the headbutts didn't work, did they? Nope. Oh. God, this was, this really was like, God, just, oh, it's so good. Like, this might be one of my favorite WWE matches. And just a little, In terms of, like, match work. I gotcha. And also the psychology, like, the psychology of fucking Brody taking the spear for Bray. Yeah. Like, perfect for the characters. I think it was, wasn't it like the next year Elimination Chamber was like the Shield's last thing because it was like 2015 I think versus so, yeah. Revolution? So, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Jesus. Hello, Christian. Hi, Christian. How's your daughter? Oh, she's probably not born yet. Probably not born yet, yeah. Anyway, while well, there's all our right. uh, tribute, um, next week we'll be Chaos Ringside where we'll go into more detail about All In and All Out and all that other stuff. There should be a prediction show for All Out. Um, yeah, I, uh, other than that, everybody has a great week. Uh, we'll be back with uh, Survivor Series. 2000, actually, because all out. 
Mm, no, because we're going to do Chaos Brainstorm. Yeah, so next time we do Chaos Everywhere, we should be back right. with Survivor Series 2004 like yeah. we were supposed to do. All right. Um, yeah, it's late here, so everybody get some sleep, and we'll see you soon. Deuces in peace.